Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook. If you would like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Um, however, this fine evening, we have Miss Erica Lopez here. Uh, barely needs an introduction, however, I'm going to do a small one. Uh, she's a cartoonist, a novelist, a performance artist. She was born in New York, lives, studied in Philly, somehow eventually ended up in the Bay Area. Uh, and most recently, she is one of the founders of Monster Girl Media, which I would imagine we may hear a little bit more about. Uh, she's the author of seven books, including one very close to my heart, Flaming Iguanas, uh, I happened to find it in a Barnes and Noble in Des Moines, Iowa in 1998 as a little high school kid. Uh, it was shouting at me from a shelf filled with quiet, unassuming books, and it was, it was shouting. It was hardcover with brown paper, had these amazing illustrations that supplemented the text. They weren't really comics. It was like nothing I'd ever seen or read before. Uh, it made me breathless. And the book, presumably the author as well, was not afraid to be offensive, not afraid in the slightest to shatter expectations. It was my On the Road, and Tomato Rodriguez was my Sal Paradise. So that is one of her earlier books. Tonight, we are here with a book sort of for the next generation, almost 10 years later, more than 10 years later, called The Girl Must Die. Um, Jessica Crispin, who's a writer for Book Slut, a great uh, online review site if you haven't seen it. Uh, she wrote, The Girl Must Die is heavily illustrated with Lopez's artwork, mixing graffiti, tattoo, comic book styles with wild abandon. Her writing is a similar amalgam of breathless tirades, stream of consciousness, aphorism, and traditional autobiographical narrative. Uh, so that's what she's going to be reading to us from tonight. Join me in welcoming Erica Lopez. Anyone knows about anything that's happened, but I have been on, I've been on, it's been a really rough nine years, and I've been on welfare, I've been on food stamps, and I followed Susie Owen's credit card thing back in the day, and I, they were giving me credit cards back when I was on welfare. I mean, that's how we got in the situation, you guys, and yet, I had, so I got a 767 credit score, we were going to do a crappy little book, and we got this 3% balance transfer thing for a lot of money. So we made this book. We just went tits out on this fucking book. So I am so, give us all a hand for this fucking book. Man. I got so into us. I'm like, always touch your fucking nipple. So forgive me if I just get into my own being my own self. So then what happened was I went around and I toured this. I, I had lost my sense of humor. I've had four friends commit suicide. And a lot of this book is born out of that because I was realizing we can't afford to lose people like Camel, like me, and all sorts of really amazing... Uh, I don't want any more women running off of cliffs anymore or dying of cancer because they wanted to fuck somebody. And I just was thinking that's why I didn't know how to go forward into the future. And I was really angry after losing the, my friends. And I just thought, this is really fucked up. And then the lesbians were calling themselves boys after a while. I lost butches, so I stopped fucking girls altogether. And, well, for other reasons, because fucking girls is a lot of work. So, you all know about the emotional shit. We are a lot of work. And so, also, then I was going to say that, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm doing this a lot. I think it's the 43-year-old thing, and I love saying that. And I love saying, oh, I'm having hot flashes. I'm having fun with this whole getting older thing now. So, 
Anyway, this is a piece from The Welfare Queen. This is the show I wrote, and I ended up touring with the help of my fans, and my fans brought me back, because I didn't even know why I was writing. It was, it was just something that happened. And I meant to be an artist. I meant to be an artist and wear a lot of black. So this writing thing, I have no idea how it fucking happened. So almost 20 years ago now, I was an art student in Philadelphia. And my friends and I, we were black. All black. We were nothing but black. We were black tampons. And we desperately dreamed. And I'm going slower for you, Liz. Liz, you tell me if I'm going too fast. Am I doing OK? And we desperately dreamed, and I might go too fast, because in New York they said, go fast, 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 fast. We don't have to catch what you're saying. We just need to catch the gist of how you look. So here we go. I'm going to try and keep it slow, because Liz says we're in California. Go a little slow. <laughs> I'm going to go a little slow, OK? All right, here we go. Almost 20 years ago now, I was an art student in Philadelphia. My friends and I, we were black, black, all black, nothing but black. We even wore black tan. And we desperately dreamed of finding our own gallery dealers who take 95% of our income, shoot us up with heroin like they did with Jean-Michel Basquiat, and then take our promo shots and cover up all the track marks up and down our arms with thick stacks of diamond tennis bracelets. And then lubricate us with tubes of our own oil paint and fuck our armpits, cracks, and folds. But we didn't care. We wanted gallery openings. Gallery openings with triple cream brie, crusty French bread, washed down with thin, Tinkly laughter, ha 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 But not long after, my friends suddenly realized how women actually making it in art is pretty much a crock. So they washed all that eyeliner off their eyes throughout the tiny house of patchouli and bagged the art world to become bright and cheery mothers, content to paint the scenes from their jobs. Oh, and they were nice drivers, but all of a sudden it was like we had nothing to talk about except for old times. And back then, old times was, was like, what, a month earlier? So, I went to San Francisco and searched to Paris in the 20s. I imagined a smoke-filled land where women laughed loudly, ha, 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 without being interrupted by tiny children asking for glasses of apple juice and their hair. Their hair could grow long without being yanked up by slimy babies. A land, a land where women sat back with their legs open so their ankles wouldn't get thick and covered in varicose veins. And on sunny days, passers-by could bow down between their thighs for refreshment as if that pudenda were rejuvenating water fountains that weren't just for the colored people. Paris in the 20s and oh, how it was roaring. But it was roaring in a, in a slightly, in a slightly different way. Oh, it was roaring for all the baby boomers everywhere who were waving their hands in the air like they just didn't care all the while telling us to recycle plastic bags, avoid caffeine and MSG, pick up the dog shit, stop wearing perfume, so that they can play another day and pay us our only slightly roaring 39 cent raises. It took me, it took me a week to save a four, and number four got you. I eventually had to break down and apply for food stamps. The year was 1995, a year when lesbianism was all the rage until straight girls suddenly realized that actually being good at lesbian sex involves a whole lot more than tossing your head back and moaning like you can do with boys. Now, boys think you're great for simply being warm and downright amazing. And if you actually move in bed, it does not matter if you're <laughs> reaching for a remote control or a gun. But, <laughs> with another girl, once a reporter, 
pack up their cameras and go home, you had better figure out what to do besides tossing her back in the morning. Because after the third date, after the third date, that shit is just not going to fly. Because I know from personal experience that lesbians is a whole lot harder than any of us bisexual girls ever realize a whole lot harder. Let me tell you, I would rather change my motorcycle with a, with a shard of glass and a stick of butter. But I think, I think sometimes, I just think it comes down to the impossibility of teaching old dogs. Because I've been fucking boys since I was like, what, 12 or 13? And I cannot even learn Spanish as a second language. 1994 was also a year when bloated gold earrings as big as bagels hung from black girls' ears and rested on their shoulders next to all the responsibilities for fatherless children born out of promises to pull out in time. Now, when I first went to San Francisco, I thought that there were no black people in town and they had to rent them for special events like extra chairs. <laughs> but when I got to the city's welfare office, there they were hiding out in the food stamp line before they had to pull out of this foofy biscotti city of latte people and one of these last black men sauntered by in a white melon running suit. And when he walked, he sounded like, he sounded like a teacher with with loud pantyhose and, and whoosh whooshing thighs as she, as she passed by your desks in grade school. Remember that? Remember that, huh? I can imagine plump thighs fighting and pushing to get in front, wearing away the pantyhose of friction so intense that she started flies. But instead, we fidgeted in our seats while she whoosh whoosh by our desks and created warmth and noise environment that would soon prove to be dangerous. There, that's how I did it. Wait, that's not right. Is that right? That's right, but there's more. That's how I did it. Those were the stories. That's not right where I should be. And he saw the girl. I lost my place. I looked at you. This fucking actor shit that you all do. I don't know how the fuck you do this shit. All the listen, look, connect with the audience. I do it. I'm like, look at her. She's paying attention. Look at that shit. What's up? Welcome to LA. What? Welcome to LA. Well, I love LA. No, I like more fun anyway because this is an actor place. I'm fucking right. Okay, so what am I doing here? What am I doing? I love my fucking place. Suzanne, what am I doing here? Where's my book? Here, Where's my book? I always fear this is going to happen. I am like, I live, you know, my life is like that, that dream where you go to school and you're naked. Mine is like that, like there's a strap on up my ass and I got egg on my face, like I'm telling I'm naked. And that's my, that's like my fucking life. And I'm not, you know, it's, I don't know the upside. I know Kamala. <laughs> I know, Jay, I know. I know. Um, this, you all just, you know, have drinks and... No, I really lost my place. I, you know, you have to see the girl with the, the, he sees the girl with the earrings. And he's, and she. Okay, I'm right here. Oh. I'm sorry, you guys. Now, see, I, and this is the book I love. We have the black velvet ones. I love this one. It's all right there. Our books do not sell like this, so I'm sorry. I just wanted to. Okay. All right. Okay, let's pretend nothing happened. <laughs> all right. And I'm all sweaty. I could just say it's because I'm 
sexy but hold on I'm from San Francisco because maybe that is sexy for others in fact in fact hold up there's someone for everyone because it was the nylon man he felt waves of attraction coming at him he stopped lightly touched at the tangled mass of gold chains on his neck turned and looked at all of us with the publicly confident, sleepy-eyed look of a lion that has just fed and fucked and sent rays of love to a girl in front of me. That's right, the fake earring girl I mentioned earlier, the same one on the cutting edge of ghetto. 1995 passion, fashion in Paris. Now, speaking in Paris, I wondered how all these guys could prance around the welfare office with folded food stamp welfare applications under their armpits and maintain confidence for picking up women in a place like this. I mean, I totally, totally didn't get this whole food stamp, Mac Daddy attraction thing. Because being so broke does not exactly make me feel like having lots of sex. At least for free, that is. Well, sure. <laughs> the bagel earring girl, she smiled and giggled. And with that, the nylon man, he craned his neck toward her. Wiped at the corners of his mouth with thumb and forefinger. Dried his fingers on his white non running pants as he grabbed his crotch and whispered something too far. The bagel earring girl. She fumbled with a cover of her food stamp application. She wrote something on the end. Toward the corner of her phone. It was a match, ladies and gentlemen. Bagel, earring girl, he's in fashion, but we're gonna get it on. And it's gonna be beautiful because for a little time at least she believed he was really gonna pull out. And all those years ago, when our bagel, earring, earring heroine went to window A, all those years ago to turn on her French blue application, the lumpy, tired people in charge would try to break her down, make her feel bad for being broke. But she couldn't be broken now, uh, cause the big gold bagel earring were all she had and the new man. And the white no one wants to. He made her feel good again. Real good. Like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. The state, the state would make a pee in the cups and midfield dreams, then bring utility bills from 1937. But, they wouldn't know that. This missing corner of the paper. And so, the lumpy, tired people in charge wouldn't ever know what it meant. And so, they couldn't take that from her. Mm-mm. She found love. A French blue love. The kind of whoosh, whooshing love would make her feel real good. And create those old, warm, and moist environments. And like not proof to be so dangerous. So there. That's how I did it. Those were the stories that I told myself in order to maintain this, this hip and this detached 
In this ironic way that my generation deals with the heartbreak of actually giving a fuck. Sure, it's arrogant, even extremely annoying, but if we actually fucking cared about all the shit that is going on, we would be so fucking heartbroken. So, I'm just gonna sit here. Is that what, I don't even know where I am again. I'm sorry. It's so, it, it's so, you know, it's so, it's, it's just that, you know, it's still going on, you know? And I'm sorry. It's like, you can't get ahead. And now I'm trying to get, like, because I did this credit stuff, you know? I'm smart with money. It has to be when you're art. And, like, I see, and I think the last nine years were important. And I do think that when you get too much, you, you have too easy, or you, you're an American, you just get kind of lazy. This isn't part of the show, I'm sorry. I'm just saying that, like, it's hard because I just got to build before I left because they're trying to chase me down to pay back the food stamps and the welfare because when you take credit out, it's considered cash. And they, they want you to hide your cash in, in um, pillowcases and all that stuff. And they started to realize, because I was middle class, that this, this whole, that the system, there's no, the system with no blessed liege is very real. And I start to see and understand people who don't have what I have, the, the education, the, the, the connections, the, 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 you know, the tits that I once had. Now they run, you know, they go into the bathroom, they go across the street now without this bra. But I mean, you know, when you are young, that's the hard thing. You use your tits, you use everything you can, you know? And you do get to be a certain age. You start seeing women doing shit to themselves. And you start seeing girls like tackling like little whores. I can't even make love. It's fucked up, you know? I'm not trying to have therapy here in front of everyone. <laughs> I'm just saying, that, like, you know, you're paying attention. And sometimes, you know, you get the feeling like, this. that's why we did this, because you get the feeling like, you know, and, and I know Patricia's in here, and like, when I saw um, Patricia Arquette, and when I saw, when we all saw um, Ellen McGraw on Oprah, it was like watching porn to see a woman with real expression. And then she gets to you, and you're young, you're like, it's cute, it's conceptual, be a feminist, you know? And you start, you get older. You go, man, this shit's for real. We let this shit go. And we got really brilliant women putting shit in their faces. You know, and we wear shit to their bodies. And you just go, why the fuck? And then you see men are kind of fucked. Everyone's fucked up. We're all the same, you know? No, I'm sorry I'm going off. It's just that I'm really overwhelmed. I come here to Camelot. You know, in Camelot, those are the coolest people. Christians didn't even know us. And Christians here. And I'm just not going to see this kind of... Um, What's the word? It, uh, a collaboration in a long time. It seems like people leave San Francisco and New York. There's just so many suburban people who went to the city and they're lonely and isolated and they displace everything that they thought they wanted. And so it's just really, I'm really touched, you know? I feel like we are on the edge of a cultural renaissance. And I'm excited because when you lose everything, it's like beautiful. It's like when we know who we are, you know? And I just, I just feel really raw. I'm sorry, Kamala. I just, it's just so beautiful, the energy coming at me. You know, Liz was saying I was trying to be quiet in the car and I get so scared because I don't want to let anyone down. So, I, I didn't know why I wanted to be a writer before. And then with, with failure, I was like, why do I want to be a writer? And I started to realize we need fairy tales. We need storytellers. I didn't know that writers, that's what we're supposed to do. Because you get to like, who knows who? Like, I don't even want to know what anyone does anymore. You know, I just want to know what's your fucking dream, man. Because no one knows shit. Yeah, William Goldman quote is just look at what they did this economy. No one knows shit. And all I'm trying to do is go out and say to you guys, 
Guys, I come from a Quaker background, you know? I have, I have this sense I'm supposed to do service. I come from civil rights parents. I'm mixed. And those of us who are colored are forgetting what we're supposed to do. Women are forgetting what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to sit and watch TV, you know? And, and we're supposed to, and, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm losing it. But I just really feel like all this energy's at me, and it's just so cool, and it's just so loving, and we work so hard, you know? And, and I'm inspired. This is not tears of really sadness. It's like inspiring. I have all this fight back. I don't want to fucking give that to everyone. And I don't know what it is that you guys do. I don't know, but I really want people to feel good again about the possibilities. Because I've seen it. I've seen it. And I'm going to go, look, I, I, you know, I may have problems. We're not supposed to get somewhere where it's not pro you know, problem free. It's just that the deal we put with them differently. Yeah, whatever. We got each other. You know, and I come here and I see Canada's world. And it's like, fuck. You know, the love that's around her, I'm like, whoa, you know? Because I feel so isolated and lonely. I fucking hate the writer life. I don't know how I became a fucking writer, you know? <laughs> and I, I just, I just want to, you know, I don't know, I can't finish that right now. I just want to say thank you for showing up. And I, I really want to make myself available, my energy, you know? You know? Oh, sorry. I just am like this, and this is why it's so scary, because it's scary good. I never know, like when you live in this, this place, this is what's so sad about what we've done with femininity. Femininity can pick up buses off of children and we turn it into a fucking punchline. You know, when I do see, you know, the, the people cutting themselves up and, and our tits, if they're big, they're supposed to go to the size of our arms. I've never been able to have fucking one and let them go to the fucking size of my arm. And if I could ever do that, I would be like, that's true love, you know? And we have to be able to, to be ugly and, and to get to the next place of beauty where everything is beauty. And I'm trying to say, it's beautiful here, you guys. It's scary. But man, I never know what the fuck I'm going to feel. You know, I'm alive all the time. You know, and I just want to say, dude, it's all right here. It's all right. All that shit they've been saying in the fairy tales is real. That shit is real. Like the, the sharks that are eating you and moats and you get across. And the maiden is you. I'm like, fucking hell, all this shit. All the metaphors, Jesus, all that shit. Which Jesus are you? I feel like I'm the Jesus that's turning up ending shit. That's my job. If you had a fucked up childhood, God, you should be out there doing all sorts of shit because you can take it. It's all the, the panther people that are like boneless and they're like, oh. I mean, right now, that's why I feel like right now, no one knows what the fuck is going to happen. Everything has gone to shit. This is when shit gets good. And this is what colored people and women and poor folks and scrappers and anyone who's a hustler, I don't care how much fucking money you have. If you're a hustler, you're always a fucking hustler. And that's the energy we need to tap back into. And that's why I'm like, come on, come on. Because we can't do it alone. Fucking pick up the chairs. You know, we, we had a thing on NPR and people were like, well, I don't want to be those kind of feminists anyway. It's like, fuck you. This isn't about women. It's about all of us. I just want to say, I'm tired of people cutting off their tits and saying it sucks to be a girl. How do I go forward and be a woman? That's what I want to know. I don't want to fucking, it's news that Portia de Rossi has a fucking eating disorder. It would be news. <laughs> Who doesn't have a fucking eating disorder? Good God. I saw it at the gym and when I was on the tour. I was like, you're kidding me. That's the fucking crawl. Rome is burning. We're in the fall of Rome and she's got a fucking eating disorder? Oh. <laughs> I want, 
yes, I have a question. Now you have to come up. No, now Kamala, you come up because Kamala's going to read. No, I'm going to pick this no, up. No, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read. But but I am going to talk a little bit about what it is that we're trying to do. All right. Um, you get the chair. You got. I got to recover myself. Just, you. Just, I, you know. You talk. Take over. Just stay. I'm sorry, just, we're doing that. Just, we're all about transparency now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hold on. You talk. Okay. So what we're trying to do, um, along with publish our own books, make our own movies, um, do, do whatever we can to empower ourselves to create what we want to create and support other people that want to create stuff that aren't necessarily in the corporate structure that find it difficult to get into that structure. We're, we're sort of saying, why is the artist chasing that which is essentially um, sitting in the passenger seat of a car driven by a Cylon? And that Cylon's prime directive is increase quarterly profits. Now, as an artist, when I take that passenger seat with that robot, I, I am I'm essentially um, denigrating that which I am and that which I do. Because art isn't widgets. Art is ideas, and art is this culture, and art is moving us forward and getting us out of this situation. So we as citizens or artists or just people need to find a way to reconnect outside of that rub rubric, really. Find a way outside of it and then take care of handling it. Because right now it's handling us, and it's squishing us. It's squishing you know, 90% of us to some degree or other. I'd say the bottom 40% it's squishing down real hard from where I, where I can see it. So we, ha we have to do something and I think being loud is one thing that we have to do. Because we've been taught that it, it's not polite, it's not acceptable, it's not even tolerable. A lot of people can't tolerate hearing somebody like Erica because it's, it's, a, it's unusual. It's a little bit upsetting, it's unsettling. But we have to refine that. It's what we're calling the monster girl. We have to refine that to take back our, our humanity to some degree. That, that's, that's our proposition, that's our theory. That's what we're doing. Yes. And as you, as you see, Erica is just so brilliant in so many ways that the waste of her and such as her is is uh, one of the terrible things that we're do we're doing in this culture. Is we're sort of setting aside those things which could potentially elevate us, move us, change the direction, and we're staying with some very predictable prepackaged. It's like the food. It's like if you look at, at anything that we're doing right now, whether it's media or government or the ecology, it's all this sort of don't rock the boat, don't rock the boat. The boat is sinking. The boat cannot be rocked. It's, it's almost, we're almost under. So we can't rock it. We've got to just start screaming. Help. Get, let's get the older, get my mother out of here. She's going to drown. You know, we got to do something. So this is what we're doing. We hope that you'll all come. We're having a big party tomorrow night in Chinatown. At, um, I'll give out some cards. We hope you come. Um, we appreciate that you 
got out of your homes and got into your vehicles and made an effort to connect with other human beings. That's so yeah. important. You know, oh, you, you oh, didn't oh wait for it God. to come out on TV. We went, we went to a college, we went to Santa Monica College to speak at a gender pop culture class and there were such beautiful young women there, you know, whose minds were just like being, uh, you could see them peeling open, you could see their eyes and their mouths open and this one young woman said, she said, I've seen, I've been watching Lydia Lunch on the internet, but it's so different to see somebody with that passion in person. It's just a different thing. And I think, you know, it's hard to convey that when people don't come out. And it's hard to have empathy for your fellow people when you don't see them. It's hard to fix things if you don't do anything. So, you know, we're all about do it. Whatever it is, do it. Do it. We'll help you. We've got your back. This is about be becoming a gang. Like a gang of people that, you know, it's about a gang. And we've this shit. It's real. It's possible. And um, basically that's it. We want to start a revolution. We want a movement. We want to connect with all these multi-headed hydra, multi hydra that is this wave of people that can't take this situation anymore that feel totally out of the loop. Well, where do I fit in? Well, let's let's sh push them to the side for now and worry about saving ourselves and getting on these lifeboats and saving our country. I, I hate to say it, saving our country and this culture for whatever it, this culture is. You know, let's let's try and make it something real again. And that's yay! about it. Oh, yay! She's a big fan of mine, if you have. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I'm going to give you some postcards, too. Yeah, but Pat, if you have any questions for us, go ahead. This is the time to ask them. Because if you all ask the same thing when we're up there, I'll be all pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone does like, oh, I don't want to ask you, but I want you to know, ask now. You can have a moment. Go ahead. Camel, where are you going? I got a chair. Oh, they're right here. Does anyone have any questions? Thank you. Oh, those. those, those. I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so but it was difficult to become a writer. It's difficult to be a writer. Do you have a, a process? Do you have a, do you write when you feel right? Do you force yourself to write? <laughs> I, I practically chain myself to the basement water heater. And I really, <laughs> no, I do, I really do. I don't like to write. I don't, um, I don't like the, the uh, introspection gets exhausting. Because I think that if I'm gonna write, if I'm gonna do it, I went to an art school that was Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, very old-fashioned, stodgy. As freaky as I look, I believe that everything, I think you should know how to spell before you start spelling things like R, U. You know, I, I believe in, I believe in the basics. You, I listened to your interview, or, or your husband's interview with Joel and Camel, and so I know that you're all about craft too, and so it was all about craft, and I love that Camel and Joel are about craft, because then there's a basis from which you can you know, spin off into your, your splatters, basically, or your, you know, your wrist. My process was to, um, I usually have a muse. This last book was mostly written to, the last big part, the hardest part was written to Brad Weinman, just in emails. I didn't fucking care if he read them, because I used to have a, a muse before that I would just talk ideas out. And part of this, the reason I say it's simpler when you have an excuse from the table, I was in group homes and, and sent to foster care, and I used to run, I was a precocious child. I ran away a lot, so 
I'm used to the discomfort. I'm used to of not pleasing people. So it's easier for me to write things that people hate, which is what I think makes interesting writing. And it's not about, it's not about the shock factor. I think that's what's happened now, is that people just mistook courage for shock. And so it's gotten cheap and easy. So I think that what's difficult for me, because I'm so visual, I see, I, I have a really, I'm not, Camel will tell you I'm not very clear. I have a very hard time, because I'm almost in a pre-verbal state when I'm creating and I'm thinking. So it's, I see in pictures, like it was my escape when I was in bad situations. It was always the thing that saved me or kept people from raping me. I'm quite literally, when they go, oh, you can draw, I'm like, fuck you, you're good. You know, I'm, I'm really very serious about that. It became this this where I could stand up straight and be like, I'm the artist. You know, that was my identity. And um, so it's harder for me to come up with words, but I think that that's also an asset because I don't know what I'm, I, I used to read a lot, of course, but I just mean that I think that while I have a muse or someone to whom I write to make sure that I'm clear, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like I have to talk to someone, I can't have any interest in just writing just to write. And I can never imagine how anyone has 800 page tones under their bed. Because to me writing is like taking my blood at that point and going, I was here, and here's for who's next. Don't do this and fucking don't listen to them. That's what I feel like. If I'm going to go into this place, it can't be for self-indulgent, look at me, look at me, ego shit. Because that is what happened with art. Art, all this reality shit, all, I mean, it's fucking creeping me out. Because, like, when Joaquin Phoenix did his thing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude, we are on fire in America, and you're going to give them a fucking let, let them eat cake with a performance? You know, because art is supposed to... You know, performers are supposed to take us out of this. We need the stories. We need, we need the faces. We need the expressions. That's why I say when Ollie McGraw was on Oprah, it was like, my God, she can be upset. She, it was like a whole range of emotions that we've lost, and we've inured. Is that the word I want, Jay? Writer man. We've inured ourselves in to. Inured. That's the word we've inured ourselves to. And so, um, my process is that, especially with now, humor is a whole other humor, as you know, is a whole other animal. And when you are funny, when you leave being fat, getting fat saved my life. Because I could no longer be the cute young thing. I could no longer rely on the shtick that you get when you're cute and young. Which is good. You have to develop character. You have to develop something. be interesting. And also my humor saves me. Humor, as you know, scares, scares people as well. But humor is dangerous because if you start to believe what you say, the reason I think comedians die and the heroine is because you've got to, this is going to sound so woo-woo, but just forgive me. You have to find God with a little G. And when we're funny, we're being, we're, we're whinging away from going into the ugly fears. And so if you're always doing that, like you can never transcend, you can never go into depression, you've broken down, have your house go on fire, and just be like, I'm shit. And that's when the beauty happened, and that's when, that's when I think this country, I mean, I thought that was 2000, with September 11th, it didn't happen, you know? But I'm trying to, I, I used to want someone else to do it, the other artists to do it, and that's when I lost everything, so I guess I fucking had to do it with Camilla and whoever else would come along, because the humor, everything I write starts out flip, starts out very flip, very New York, very hip, very fuck, fuck you, and I can fuck you, and I can flip you like burgers. That shit will kill you. You cannot live with that at 3 a.m. There's nothing there. So for me, I have to chain myself to my metaphorical basement 
to the water heater, and I have to like not have sex, I have, can't have anything joyful for a while, because I have to be so fucking miserable and pissed. Well, usually that's what makes me write. I do not have a process, like real writers. I don't have the daily thing. I don't want to fucking write. I usually write when it's so painful that I'm alienating everything. So then I close off and say, you'll hear from me for six months. In this case, it was like nine years. But, <laughs> but, but you know, I have to go because I, it becomes a mystery. What happens is with my writing, I've learned. This is why I do advocate fairy tales for everyone's stories. When someone tells me, oh, you're just fucking jerking off or you're fantasizing, you fucking have to fantasize. And this is the shit I'm dying at. All this female shit that they told us was wrong is like essential. All this visual, you know, like imagining. Like, I have to walk into my stories, and that's part of what drawing has been for me. When I wrote Flaming Iguanas' really bad screenplay, I wrote it as a cartoonist. At the end, the character leaves and goes on a motorcycle trip. It actually inspired me. I didn't care if anyone read it. It was like, fuck, I can do this shit. And it became it was like a secret in my own head, my secret fairy tale. So I made this jacket with like a really bad patch, and it was like, in my head, I'm out gang. And then I think, well, so what? What if I'm insane? What, is this reality so fucking great? You know? <laughs> you know, I'm having more fun. You know? <laughs> so I go around like, I'm my own gang of one. And I was. I mean, that shit gets me through. You, Whatever it takes, right? So my process is very much, I have to have a cover. I have to have the visuals. I have to I have to see the end. I have, but, I, but I don't have my ending because my I start my writing with a question. My question now is, can you have everything you want, be a good person, not have to ask people what they fucking do for a living when you say hello and meet them. Can you do that and can you have a self-sustaining company and business of smart people? Can you that's what I want to know. I don't know. Because it hasn't happened, but so far we're fighting getting along. But fighting is part of it and, and discussing things. And when you have a bunch of alpha kitties together, alpha we're all like, you know, we're all fucking you know, How do you have because things don't happen because everyone's like, you're toxic, you know, and that's what I'm seeing with the internet dating and all this shit. Everyone's like, well, you're not this, and these are my rules, and you need to do this for me to show me respect, and you need to tell me you love me second, and I'm not going to tell you till you say you love fucking so much work. I mean, this is why, you know, I don't know how anyone has a relationship, you know. I, was, I don't know why anyone's not a gay man. It's like, fucking shut up, you know. And, and so that's my process. It is, and the, the humor has to go, to get past the flip part is where it's really hard. And then I am crying. And then that's why I'm very private, because people can't handle it. And a lot of people say they can. And people are like, they want to touch you or take it away or hug you. It's very hard to sit there with someone's having intense emotions and you can't fix it or answer it. That's very hard to let someone just say, I don't know if I'm going to fucking live if I can't be as I am. You know, when you can't fix it. Oh, have another, you know, write in your gratitude journal. The bubble letter. And that's it, you know? So that, that's why I want to go, you know, that's my part. It's a very long, because it changes. Every time I think I got it, it fucking changes. I'm like, okay, I'll never have another career. I have learned that I will not have a creative block ever again if I am spontaneous. What is awkward now is that I lurch, like I'm just driving stick with my spontaneity, but I think I'll get more smooth. But I've looked, all this female stuff that I was told was bad, the illogical, because my mom was a businesswoman. So she was like, never cry. Once you cry, you fucking lost me. You know, she didn't say it that way, but it was just like, she's from another generation. And she's before, she's one of the baby boomers. And so, for me to cry or get mad or enraged, like, you're fucking me. Don't fucking make me have to read your mind, you know, because that's what happens. You know, the business will do it. That's business. 
And then I started to realize that business isn't so logical after all. And if you look at what they've done with the economy and credit default swaps, all these derivatives, all that shit, that's more fucking creative than any artist I've ever fucking met. <laughs> so I know that, that I'm actually quite logical because I have made a living this long doing my thing, and this shit is not logical. Anyone who got a mortgage, I have, I have very, I think Americans need to take responsibility instead of always saying I'm a victim in the bank. I believe that that's true. But I'm saying that we do need to start soft whining. And so my, anyway, that's away from the process. But that is, I have to beat it down to get past the humor because I'm so, it's so easy. That's, that's our tool our whole life is to be glib, blip. And so for humor to transcend, I, I thought, am I going to lose my sense of humor? If I lose my sense of humor, I lose everything. And then I realized, fucking hell. I got a whole fucking sense of humor because almost everything's fucking funny. If you just look You're going to hit him in the head. How accessible do you want your work to be? And what do you want to do in a work? I, I, it's now that I'm 43 and I'm at a different place in my life, it's no longer about my own comfort, that's why I'm up here. And it is about the, the, the little ones that come after. So we do want to be accessible. What we want to change is what accessible has meant. And it has meant that, that, that I've got to go bomb. I mean, I, I'm talking about like Kamala is, is considered fat by the means. You know what I mean? Like this, but I'm saying this, this is the shit that is, that I want to change what accessible is because we actually are accessible. If you look at what's on TV and what's in the movie, I don't think most of us know these people that exist, I don't know them. And so accessible, what I am confused about figuring out how to handle, and the reason I've been loath to sell my work, I've never been into t to taking meetings ever since I first came out. I mean, I was blown, because it was like the Latino, you know, everyone's like, wanting the fucking Latino market? There is no fucking Latino market. Like, a lot of us don't watch Univision. We are, it's a very different group that we know about, and it's like, you don't just come buy it, because there isn't, that. that it's not Univision, it's not this kind of shtick that's on there, it's a little more complicated. I don't know how to explain it. But all, it is hard to explain. But what I'm, yes, I want to be accessible because I want other people to see our fairy tales and know that they're not wrong for being super freaks or wrong or how to channel it. Because what happens is when you're not given stories, or ways of trying, of, of um, channeling that, you do bad things. You do you get in trouble. You you know you do. Most of the people that are interesting, you know, like either could be in jail, murdering someone, or very wildly successful. You know that. You know that because it takes a lot of the same kind of fuck you kind of things, but it's just your opportunities or where you are, who you know, or luck of the draw. You know what I mean? That doesn't really answer the question. It's a hard question. It's a very hard question, but yes, I I, I want to change. What is considered, because then you're talking, when you say accessible, it depends on who's asking the question, right? Because if you're talking about people in the business, because we're in LA, they would say something we can sell, right? But we're trying to say, we're trying to show that there's a whole other range of women that exist that no one knows that even fucking are normal. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's what, that's what, and it's hard to go, we're here, because people actually like us, but they think that we are a, a weird fetish or a secret, but that everyone else wants this other stuff. Does, that, does anyone know what I mean? Okay, so what were you saying? 
No, I just, because your work isn't bland, and FX currently are bland, and they have been for years, and that's where we are. And so how do you get your flavor in their mouth? Ah, that's very sexual, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hit that back yet, because I mean, I'm going to try and be elegant. Maybe not my mom and my German, I'm very... <laughs> All right, um, how do you get your in flavor? In Santa Monica, how do they react? In Santa Monica? Yeah, this gig that, that she it was talking good. about. It was good. Well, what's really interesting, uh, this is going to be, this is this is a whole other conversation. This is why business is very complicated. A friend, I actually do a lot of hands-off for this here because I want to see all of us who are involved, what our skills are, what our um, weaknesses are. So I wasn't very hands-on about what people did in the, in the cities I went. I wanted to see what how good are we. I've been saying we're great at business careers. Maybe we're not, right? So I let a lot of things go, which is really hard because I'm the one who's got to go out there. So that was really hard. One, one of the women who did New York thought, oh, the black people will love you. We'll put you in this, this bookstore. I'm like, no, baby girl. <laughs> but I let her. I said, go ahead. No one showed up. Paul Mooney showed up. That was the hot thing. I'm not even starstruck. I saw fucking Paul Mooney. I couldn't speak. You know? But no one showed up. They didn't even order the fucking book. And they were talking about Terry McMillan. And Terry McMillan, I don't even want to talk. I shouldn't even have said her name. That fucking woman is poison looking to me. Like, she's just so bitter. And I shouldn't even have said that. It's that fucking wine. I didn't say that. Just scratch that. <laughs> but I'll probably run into her one day. But anyway, I would say that to her face because she is, she's bitchy. She's scary. And I do say a lot of sad things to people's faces. I'm not really into making friends. I, I like being liked. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a quote or whatever. But, um, with <sighs> Fisher, that's part of the process. I try to know anyone. Because when you know people also you don't write and what you really know. I have to. I have to. I mean that's why I did write to Brad Lyman. I had to write to someone who wouldn't who could just go, ha ha ha. You know, and I could don't say that or that's gross or whatever. And then once I write to one person because I wrote to a human being, it's clearer. And then I can just basically take that and put it there. And I figure once I I write my emails as if they were public anyway. And I think, if I wrote an email, I can fucking tell everyone. Now, what is hard is to come out here and own that shit. You know, that's really, that is, I don't know how you act. <laughs> I don't know how y'all do it. I really don't, because to own that with the face, like, I'll go home and I'll fall apart. And I'll, I don't want to sleep forever. Really but then she'll wake up at 4 in the morning. I do. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm an old, I would watch Matlock at 8 right now if I could find it somewhere, and I would wake up with the Want something exciting. The reason, I mean, I'm a little more approved than Pamela. 
And so if I go around, I'll just, oh, sorry, I'm all in here. I don't mean to be on I am so rude. Like, I might as well be texting in front of you. But no, but that's actually, we went to New York and some chick was fucking texting. Like, I turned my head for a second. Like, we were having, she thought, I was like, put that fucking thing away. Like, I want you to, like, it's 
What do you think, Jay? Talk to me. I like you. You're like, what? You're like, come on, bro. You're like, come on. Watching you and being passive just doesn't make sense. Well, I have been passive, Jay, because what I'm saying is that what, what I'm trying to tell the women is that we've been taught we're emotional, you're not making sense, you're illogical. And what I got, and I was watching Christian Northrop on uh, PBS once, and I went, oh, oh, all that stuff that I thought I wasn't saying, the voices I'm hearing, the feelings I'm having, oh, that's normal. That's what I mean, is we need to know these things. I thought I was just being girly, woo-woo artist. Because everyone goes, oh, you're just so emotional, just calm down. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're wrong. I'm actually right. And then I lost it when the book came out and Emily Rems' article on Buzz came out. Fucking split happened in my head. I said, I'm never going back again. Because I realized I was always pulling my punches. And everyone knows, anyone who's done anything knows, you're never supposed to be too fabulous. And I'm like, fuck it. You know what? It's like it's fucking short. You know, just really think you're so fucking awesome, so hot. Because who fucking cares? Everyone's like, you're wrong. Because it's just so much more fun to just go, this is an amazing life, and I'm amazing. I, I really love being in my body. I would love to be 20 or 30 pounds, but I'm like so into myself right now. Because I don't know what I'll do. I love that I finally have the strength. But that was finally going, oh, all this chick shit that I was hating, the cellulite, the fat, all this shit that I've been preoccupied fighting, once I go, fuck it. And it was like, there was a book, The Fat is a Feminist Issue. Once you stop looking at your own fucking navel and go, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm this, I'm bisexual, then you can fucking live. You can look at people in the eye, lose your place in your show, and you can fucking go, I don't know, what's going to happen next? And that's like, I think once people learn how to do that, and they trust that they aren't going to go fucking cheat on their husbands, and, because that is the fear that people have, that all hell will go loose. And what I think we're trying to say is that passion can grow up, and that's the humor thing, that it can transcend. It's got to go through this trial of fire, trial of fire. But then I'm trying to say, dude, I've been there. This shit is good on this side. I'm like, I don't, I'm not rich, but I'm like, I wouldn't trade this shit for the fucking world. You know, like, I used to walk, I'm, you know, and that's the feminine that's been so denied, that that's pussy shit, you're weak. Fuck it, I can take a bus off of your kid, you know? I'm like, oh, I'm a weak. You know, and that's the, you know, that's the, but I'm not saying at the expense of other people. I'm saying, you have your skinny arm lady leaves that can't carry a prisoner upstairs. I'm just saying, I want us to exist as well. I'm saying, as, colored, as a colored woman, I want there to be many different ranges of women. I don't want to just look at Patricia Arquette to see a woman which looks like in the morning with the bathroom. You know, I don't want to have to catch all the women by accident, but that's what a woman looks like in her 70s of expression. And she's hot. All the women is hot. We're taught they're like with buns and boogies like this. I mean, Liz is hot. I don't know how old Liz is and she's hot. You know? I mean, but we don't know that. Because she's supposed to be hunched over and over it. You know, that's fucked up. You know? So if you don't have an image of like, yeah, you could be like Liz and be all super and tell me to shut the fuck up and slow down. And she was like, slow down. I was like, all right. She's like, you're in California now. I don't see these women. I need them because that's, you know, so will we succeed? I think so. Because if I die, what? I feel like that. Even when I was failing, failing before, I had my my wealthier friends, a couple of them who had killed themselves, had envied me. I was like, why not? I didn't get it at the time. I was like, why not bring me? I'm like, living in Schwartz, square feet apartment. But then I, then I kind of realized, I do. I like living like I'm a rich lady. I don't have to work for anyone else. I get to say, fuck you, anyone that's offered to me. I want to do it my way. 
That is hot. If you don't think I didn't go home and, and jerk off six times without touching you this long, no, not my nothing, baby. You haven't heard me talk. I'm all about it. If you're, if you're like, feel it. You have a meeting. If it doesn't turn you over, sodomize you in a good way, ain't worth taking. Right. Now, this, there you go. Now, this, dude, if you're like, this is a good deal. I'm like, going, without even lying down and just standing up and pulling your pants back up. It's a good, it's a good partnership because sex and energy. Now I don't, I'm all into like true love now. I'm gonna learn how to do this love thing before I'm dried up and having a vaginal wall. Like, oh my God. but, but I am on a timeline. I'm like, I want true love only, y'all. No more horseshit for me. No. Well, what do you say? We turn this into a party. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Thanks, you guys. Any other? Thank you. Thank you so much, Erica. It's awesome. There are refreshments over here, including tequila and mixers. We have books at the... You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.